The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept. And one we will explore today on The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I, as always, am so delighted to welcome you to the show today. We have something, someone so very special. As I always tell you, go to the self-improvement blog, take a look at our guest's picture, read her bio, watch the video that's there, and you, the, the links to her sites are there. By all means, check them out. You will definitely want to do that. We all have a voice, you know, and often when we hear our own voice, we cringe and say, Wow, is that really me? Do I sound like that? Some years ago when I was doing hypnotherapy, I listened to a tape that I'd made for a client. She forgot to take it. And I was horrified to hear a distinct West Texas draw or twang. I really worked hard to get that out of my voice. I wish I had known about today's guest back then because... Our voice has a message of its own, separate from the words it speaks, and I wanted to be able to deliver the best message. Our voice tone conveys so much more sometimes than the words do. Sometimes it tells a story that we really don't want told, and sometimes it dazzles and delights. Sometimes it brings inspiration and hope And sometimes it helps you break into brilliance, and it's breaking into brilliance that we're going to talk about today. And of course, we have some, a very special specialist to help us do that. We always have a specialist, but this one is a special specialist. Lynn Singer was born with a special voice and an ear for spoken language. For more than 30 years, she has helped people find their voice. She has taught acting, speech, and voice at Yale, NYU, the New School, Circle in the Square, the Actors and Directors Lab, the Gene Frankel Theater, and the T. Schreiber Studio in New York City. How elite is that? She has worked with a wide wide range of clients from Tony, Emmy, Golden Globe, Pulitzer Prize, and Fulbright winners to Fortune 500 companies. Lynn has appeared on has appeared off Broadway on television and film, and was a well-known voice of radio and television commercials for two decades. You'll recognize her when when I ever give her a chance to speak. She holds a degree in English literature from San Francisco State College, where in her final year she held a fellowship and subsequently went on to postgraduate work in theater. She has now written Breaking into Brilliance, an innovative multimedia, multisensorial experience, which documents her own journey 
helping to guide others through theirs, and it is absolutely a brilliant piece of work in its own. And I hear a dog, and mine is right here asleep at my feet. Lynn, it's so wonderful to welcome you to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you, and what a wonderful introduction you gave me. Wow. I'm very wow. flattered. I'm very moved by it. Um, I can't wait to, you know, talk to you about all of this because it's really been a long journey. It's been an amazing journey. And my whole life and all the work I've done came came into breaking into brilliance. And my dearest friend is in Tel Aviv, and I, and I actually was told by somebody that my vision came out in Israel, and my dearest friend is there, and she had a dream that I published a book. And I thought, well, I have to take her very seriously because she has been prophetic before with me and with others, and I went to Tel Aviv, which I'd been to before to visit her, but I went specifically to sit at the Mediterranean and ask her what she was talking about. And we had a discussion, and it came down to, well, what do you do? And I said, well, what do I do? I do art. I do transformation is a very important piece of my teaching work and certainly communication. So that became the book. But it was well. Very... Let's let's start back at the beginning, though, because okay. I I think the the book is such a high point. I want people to really appreciate how you got there, and you have such a wonderful story. I always ask this question of every guest here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some don't like the question. Some do. Tell us about yourself. Who is Lynn Singer? Um, I'm a seeker. I am, I am here to help change the world through art and communication. And I have a, a very strong ability to work with people about what their core issues are. And in, um, through, through artwork, I've always worked with people about how to find out what they're doing here, why they are here, and what is keeping them, what are the fears that are keeping them from being who they want to be here. I've had to do that for myself with others. It started with um, always my voice. My voice has always led me to things. When, when did I you didn't know how to do things, people would say, oh, well, that voice, you'll, you'll figure it out, which I always thought was pretty amazing confidence that I didn't have at the time. So, but I started through literature, through the word. I wanted to be educated. I wanted the theater and film, and I went to California to go to school from the East because I had had, the East I found very repressive, and I grew up with very brilliant children, but it was very very regimented, you know, it was very left-brained, and I didn't know these words at the time, and I wanted something much more open, and I was drawn to California, I went to Berkeley Summer School and fell in love with a boy and stayed, and went to college in San Francisco, studying literature because I wanted to be educated, so I was always doing the theater, I was doing design work, I was 
frightened to act. People were dragging me into it, but I was scared of it because of that, of the, the vulnerability of it was frightening to me. But I had a, an incident that was very, very powerful after I left San Francisco and I traveled for a bit and I came to New York and I always had a lot of luck. I was always you know, in the place where people are doing things. And I was living with the ex-wife of a star who opened a lot of doors for me for work and when I started acting to get auditions and things like that. But this incident really was very strong and it made me open to a deeper creativity in myself as well as it opened the, the bottom. It opened depression. It opened the anger. It's like the top and the bottom started opening. But I saw mm-hmm. a new world. I began to understand a third dimension in us that I did not grow up with and did not know before this had happened. And it took some healing connecting to that. But what it, what it brought me to were, was the alternate world of healing. And I began to do everything, everything. And one particular event happened because I was in a show with a woman who, whose tongue was, her tongue was locked. It was like this. And she had gone to a very kind of important English acting school and they had wanted to cut under her tongue and she didn't allow it. And one day she came in, she was working with me, she came in, and her tongue was free. And I said, what did you do? Of course, anyone would have said, what did you do? And she said, bioenergetic therapy, which is body-based. Ah, yes. Body-based therapy that believes that the information is in the muscles. So I was already doing chiropractic work and, and, um, oh, all sorts of, you know, all sorts of yeah. things. I mean, I've worked with shamans. I've worked, I tried anything and everything. When? And this was very powerful. That led me then to Feldenkrais work, which is also a body-based system. Oh, and you're my I, kind of woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I, and yoga. I mean, I started yoga 30 years ago. When did, you, when did you realize that your voice is a valuable asset that you could use you know, as a career as well as help other people? When, how did you discover that? As a child, I remember people saying, oh, I think she's going to grow up to read children's books or something. You know, I was hearing it a lot, and people were always saying, oh, you have a really interesting voice. And, but I was um, not taking it seriously until... I began acting, and then, you know, it was a real focal point, and very soon I was offered voiceover work. I mean, any agent I went to see pretty much would say to me, you know, if you, wanted, if you want to do voiceovers, we can do voiceovers, and I had great luck. I mean, the first audition I did for voiceovers I was a national audition, and I won. So when things like that happen... When you get your first audition and it's a national commercial and you book it, as they call it, you have to say to yourself, something's up here, right? I guess this is where yep. it's supposed to be. And that's 
that was a very big part of my work for a while. I, for about 20 years, I did voiceovers. But I was always teaching. Always teaching. And it, oh, the teaching work mostly came through with ease. Like when, with Yale, I, a friend of mine was heading a department there and he just called and I had given him a class in diction or voice and he called me and said, I'm, I need you to come here. I'm wanting you to teach acting. I said, I don't know how to do that. He said, well, you'll learn, you know, and it was true. I just kept reading everything and reading all my notes from all my acting work. And that that's the way my my teaching work has always gone. When I've worked with certain people, they'll call me in and have me sub for them. And so it, it was not hard. And, and that's something I also try to tell the people I'm working with, like when something is has ease in it, when something just presents itself to you, it's something you must look at because maybe you're here to work with that. And even though it's easeful when you're doing it for yourself, to bring it to the world might be scary. And that's something that also has to be worked with. So... I've always, I've always done it. And I, I was very involved because of literature. I wanted to know about words. I was living with a young poet when I was in California, uh-huh. and most of the people that were around me were writers, a couple of them well-known writers. And so that I had to take, you know, I had to take that in also. What is this, what is this got to do with acting? What has this got to do with voiceovers? But in fact, it, my my ability and my connection to poetry is so strong and I would use it to help my students understand language and their voice. And that was and is very exciting. It's very exciting to see somebody who doesn't know really what they're doing with their own spoken words, with their with the way in which they speak in the world, and then within months they start to gather a bit of eloquence because they start to connect to language in a different way. That's a very exciting moment for me because I love language, I love literature, and I love poetry. I do too. I love words. I, you're the first person I've heard say, I love words. I love, I love words. words too. I love, love, love words. And, and with... With theater, I I really thought about being a a stand-up comic at a certain point, but I wanted the great works, you know, I wanted Shakespeare, and I wanted Chekhov, and I wanted the people, I wanted to work with the people who could write. That was just very exciting to me. So I I had a high-end bar for myself, and I remember people would say that we're, we're studying acting, they'd say, you know, well, I'm working on this play, and look, I've got this big monologue, and I'd go, but the play is terrible. Why do you want to work on that play? Because <laughs> <laughs> they have a monologue. <laughs> but have, why don't you work on something that's more demanding of you, that's something that really gets you going in a place where you're not used to, and so maybe you'll have a shorter monologue, but it will be brilliant. It will be yeah. It will be having been written in a way that is extraordinary. But that's not true with most people. Some people just, they want to tap dance, you know, that's okay too. 
I come easier. home and I want to watch I Dream of Jeannie because I'm so <laughs> tired. You know, on, I understand on, that. On your I understand website. That. So we, we need all of it, right? But my need is for depth. I need depth. I hear that. On your <laughs> website, you talk about a victory voice. What oh, yeah. is a victory voice? I love the sound of it. A victory voice. That's, well, it's, it's, um, victory voice. It's onomatopoetic and it's alliteration right in those words, right? Victory exactly. and voice. You help people get, uh, develop a victory voice. I mean, the I hear somebody with you power. Are, you yeah. just want to listen to. You want, it's the voice that when, when people do presentations, that you're just drawn in. It like just brings you in. It soothes you. It excites you. Voices have very different qualities. Some voices have are intellectual. Their intellect is you, the person's intellect. How smart they are. It's very clear. Some people's voices have a sexuality. Some have sensuality. Some have a healing quality. And some have a deep angelic quality beyond the healing. So people's voices have a very different, there's a very different bottom vibration in them. And when you can, in fact, work with your voice to really bring it out and it has the quality of you in your voice, and your language is understood and your writing is well done, you will present yourself to the world even just day to day. I mean, I can't go anywhere without somebody saying something about my voice. So that's just the quality of it. But I mean, getting up in front of people is the victory voice when you have this ability to move your audience. And at this point... Lynn, we have to move our audience into a break. We're going okay. to, when we come back, we're going to start look, talking about that wonderful creation of yours called Breaking into Brilliance. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Lynn Singer, saying, Stay tuned. We are going to be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense, Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in 
into the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Lynn Singer, who has created this wonderful, I can't even call it a book because it's so much more, called Breaking into Brilliance. And we're going to be talking about that. And as I always do before we start talking about it, I want to define some terms. The title is Breaking into Brilliance. So, Lynn, I'm going to ask you, what do you mean by brilliance? I think that we all have brilliance. You know, I think that, um, and I'll tell you this, I'll give you this example. I grew up with a very brilliant group of children. And one, my certain, in, of, in my acting classes, <clears throat> excuse me, they were not doing their work. They were, you know, they were supposed to rehearse three times a week, and they were rehearsing once, and they were trying to get away with murder. And I just stood up in front of them one day and said, you know, you're boring me. You're just boring me. And you're not doing it, and you're frightened of it, and you won't confront the fear and confront what it is you really want. And, this, you know, this is not going to get you into a major film or get you on TV or anything. And I told them that I was, that I had grown up with very brilliant children and I had expected that the world was brilliant. And I got out into the world and I found out, well, that wasn't so. I said, but here I am, I am your teacher and I am expecting you to find it in yourself because I don't want to be bored and I don't want you boring anybody else and I want you to find out who you really are by demanding uh-huh. of yourself to go the distance of who you are. And they came back with extraordinary work. We just don't expect it. We don't expect enough of people who truly, truly are brilliant. And I tell think us, that we, tell us yeah, about, we don't. We don't. And we people don't. don't expect enough of themselves because they haven't been told they're brilliant. And that was a real eye-opener to me that day. I thought, you know, I'm going to lose my job and whatever. But they just came back because they needed somebody to have faith in them. Well, they probably also needed somebody to... You can do this. You know, we are so programmed to be like everybody else. Exactly. That it's so... It's intimidating for somebody to say, find your own brilliance, be who you are, let's shine. They don't know how to do that. It's scary. Well, it also means you have to look at the places in yourself where you are holding yourself back. And that's something that people are, you know, they're reluctant. It's nerve-wracking. It's not, it has to become a new muscle for you to check in with yourself and to really look at the places that are not demanding anything of you. And I know for a fact that I, I had to leave Connecticut, and I had to leave my family, and I had to leave what I knew there because they were, they were in a certain construct that I knew. I did not know this intellectually. I couldn't have verbalized this, but unconsciously I knew I had to find something else. 
I, I totally understand that. And, and you were young when you did that, weren't mm-hmm. you? I was very young. I was 18 or 19. Yes, I was. Yeah. And the book is called Breaking into Brilliance. Well, tell us about, t- just give us your idea of your book, because it is so phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. You really get it, which is phenomenal. <laughs> it's, it's an awakening of creative consciousness. And it's, I call them attractions because they're not really chapters. Each page is, almost each page is animated, my photos, and let me backtrack for a second. It's really my journey paid forward. So I've written it, and my drawings and my photographs are in it. I've also been a photographer. I have a lot of legs, and I worked with the Greek government on the sacred sites and did two shows. Mm-hmm. And so those pictures, some of those pictures are in there. It's animated. I voiced it because I've done a lot of voiceovers and narrations. And it's, there's also um, sound effects. And it's quite beautiful, if I do say so myself. In that oh, I, can I agree. Really, I can really look at it and go, okay, this this looks like something that can help somebody. It took me nine years. It was a lot of work. It came out of Israel, as I said before. And I had a, um, a project manager and people doing the back end. And I was in a studio voicing it. So it, the, the actual building of it was extraordinary and exciting. I don't it moves think from I'm a- unconsciousness to freedom. It's like unconsciousness into the fire, waking up, new ideas, the journey out. There's eight chapters. I don't think eight I've ever seen anything like this. Where did you get the idea to make you know, it multidimensional? I don't know, really. I remember the very first time I was thinking about it, and I was sitting in... Um, There's a roof garden in my building here in New York City. And I was with a friend of mine, and I said, well, I think it's got to go online. And she said, yeah, of course, and there should be videos and stuff like that in it and stuff. And I said, yeah, I guess so. But (laughs) I didn't really, I can't even pinpoint the how of it. I really can't say, oh, this day... This came to me. I I began, when I came back from Israel, all I did was paste in a big art book. I pasted down reproductions of my paintings and my drawings, and a lot of drawings that I had done in therapy. They were almost, you know, coming out of dreams. I'm also very good with dreams. So I was writing all of these things up. And I looked at the whole book, and it was a lot. I mean, there was like a hundred and pages or something. I had no idea about what to do with it. And one of my students, who's become a friend and who is a teacher himself, and um, he went through it and said, oh, here are your chapter headings. And he was the one that saw the journey of it. Blake Hackler saw the journey, and he said, okay, the unconsciousness. And and then blah, 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 all the way to 
freedom. Tell us. That was my beginning of creating an actual book. But it's, you know, it's masquerading as a book. I think that the closest thing to it are some children's books that are animated. But I don't know anything like it, which is kind of extraordinary. I had no idea I was doing that. I didn't set out to do something unusual. I just knew that after I came back from Israel that I had to trust my friend's vision. I knew to trust her vision, and I had to figure out a way to do it. So it began slowly. Then I thought, okay, it's going to be online. I have this voice. I have dear friends who have a recording studio where I've done a lot of commercials. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to record it. Okay, but now we need to use my pictures. Okay, but it's looking static. What can we do to make it look more alive? Well, we're not going to get videos, but we can we can animate the drawings. We can animate the photos. Okay, okay. And definitely it should have a workbook in it in some way because this is what I do. I'm a teacher, right? I'm an artist and a teacher. So how are we going to embed a workbook in it? Well, my back of the my back of the website man is both sides of his brain work. He's got a great singing <laughs> voice, and and he's also amazing at putting all these things together. And so he began to formulate how we could open up every two pages with a little golden key. It opens up to the workbook. So I went, great. Now here we can put all the videos in. Here we can put all the. Uh, films of people, we can put anything they want in it if they want to inspire themselves. And that idea isn't, the technology isn't ready for that yet. It would have taken a year to open the book. So there are there is a visual in the workbook and people can take that out and they can put their visual in and they can put links in. They can put many links in and they can also write 6,000 characters. And on those pages, I also am talking or asking questions or giving something for them to think about. So that's pretty much, it it all came out of necessity. Then I went through the whole book, and I did most of this with my project manager, who's both sides of her brain work very well also, and... I went through it the last time. It's like, now we're ready. And I said, nope, we need sound effects. So I was always finding, because film, like with everybody, film has, the first time I looked at my first film when I was four years old, I remember thinking, I own that. So I was unconsciously putting together a little film. I didn't know it until... The last minute when I said, we need sound effects, and I thought, what am I doing here? (laughs) Yeah. So that's, you know, it was out of necessity that it wasn't multidimensional enough. It wasn't multisensorial enough. So I had to keep adding those dimensions and that sensory life because that's the way I teach. I teach through a multidimensional multisensorial understanding. Certainly, people who learn acting, their senses have got to be really juiced. They've got to get very, very heightened. That helps the work tremendously. And language 
is very sensorial. And using that, it's like words are like juicy fruits, you know? They're yes. They're so incredible little beings in your mouth that go out to the world. Oh, I like that thought. Yeah. What are some of the major thoughts or ideas or issues, I, I, any one of those that you deal with in your book? What's the basic thrust? Create the life you want no matter what it takes. Create the life you want, no matter what it takes. If you're longing to be something you are not being, I mean, even if you do it just as a hobby, just so that it calms your nervous system down, calms your brain down, calms your heart down, even if you you wanted to be a dancer, even if you just take your child to ballet lessons, um, or just do some ballet yourself, or do... Any, you know, African dance and modern dance, do something that helps you, and even if it's on weekends, do something that helps you feel what you really want. One of the things you talk about is creative consciousness. You've mentioned the phrase during this interview. What do you mean by creative consciousness, and can we create Creative consciousness, that's an interesting, can we create creative consciousness? We're creating every second of our lives. I think we're the last generation to have a foot in both this two-dimensional way of thinking that everything is outside us or mm-hmm. to understand that everything is a part of us, that we are, whatever we're looking at in our house, in our apartment, we have created. We are a part of everything. Everything is alive. Everything is a part of nature. And our thoughts are creating reality. The more you think about something, the more you bring it into being. And that's about, that's how I feel about going after what we want. Like you have to keep this in your mind. You have to clear out the part of you that is not helping you. The subconscious, you know, the subconscious gets developed when we're very, very young. I learned this, I learned some of this from um, Bruce Lipton, who's a um, a biologist who is. Yes, I'm very very, familiar with Bruce Lipton. Special man, and has written a lot of books. About it, and I always knew that the subconscious was something from our childhood, but I didn't know the exact way in which it was built. And we, we have this. We have it from our, you know, our parents, our community, our school. It's in us, and not everything that goes in is good for us. So we have to work to move the unconscious material out of us. We have to get it right in our face and go, no. That's not true. I don't want that. But we have to have the courage and the willingness to look at it and then build what we do want. I had a dream. Um, when I was at Yale, I brought in some an old friend who was married to somebody we would know, and they were <laughs> with me, with my students. And that night when I got back to New York, I had a dream that was the most powerful dream I have had in my life. And I don't think it was a lucid dream so much as 
what I call an astral dream. It was so powerful, it was so strong, and that I didn't need to sleep. For two days, I was getting three hours of sleep. It was so intense. And I was... The end of the dream, there was a, there was, sorry, there was a, a line of monks and I joined this, this, this procession that I had to go, clearly I had to go much further inward than I had been going and I joined this procession and I got then to a kitchen and there was a boy sitting at the table, and there was light streaming onto the table, like, sort of like in um, Gabri- mm, Leonardo's picture of Gabrielle bringing mm-hmm. the announcement yes. to, to Mary. It had that kind of sense in the dream of high spirit. It was such a, a dream of spirit. And this boy was sitting at this table, and he was going, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. I want that. I don't want that. I want that. I don't want that. I want that. I don't want that. And I knew that I had to, and then he was saying, no, 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 no. Certain things were just no, 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 no. And they were also things that he was just being scared of. And I knew I had to stay in life with this boy in that room until he said yes. And he said yes to the right things. And that was really powerful. And that's the creative ability. We have this ability to bring to us what we need and who we are. And we have a lot of learning to do how to do that. And on that note, Lynn, it's time for us to go to break. I want the audience to be thinking about what it is they really want and what they can really create as we go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Lynn Singer, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Tune in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Lynn Singer, who's written this brilliant, I can't call it a book, it's more of an experience, but she has written, developed, breaking into brilliance. And Lynn, before we get started into any more discussion, which which I really want to do, I want you to tell us how we find your book, uh, what's involved in you know, the choices that people have to make with your book. Oh, tell us everything they need to know about oh, getting this book. Oh, the book is BreakingIntoBrilliance.com. They can just go to BreakingIntoBrilliance.com. There's a minute trailer. Um, there's a wonderful whole section where there's the animation of the beginning of each attraction is there. It looks like it looks like a baby's candy store. I just love that. I would love them to see it. And buy this book is right there. It's fourteen ninety nine. It's not expensive. And I am giving free webinars. I am giving, I am soon to be giving an in-person workshop for anyone who's in New York City or in the area and a, a two-month course for breaking into brilliance is coming online as well. Oh, how and wonderful. And there'll be a shorter course. There'll be a month course and there'll be a two-month course. And if you want to buy the book and you want any work with me privately, that's available too. And there are also panels in Breaking Into Brilliance. When you, you scroll down in the actual website, you can see there's three different ways of working with me. So I would love to talk to anybody and everybody. And the links, if you forget what Lynn said, the links are on the self-improvement blog, both her her website and the website about this wonderful creation called Breaking Into Brilliance. So if you forget, you have no excuse because you can go to the self-improvement blog and find those links. And I really encourage you to do that. There isn't anything else on the market that I've ever seen that's like this. Now I'm beginning to sound like an infomercial, but that's okay. <laughs> because this this is something that I found is very, very special. And those of you who are on a spiritual path, just let me say your soul will be fed with this book as well as your mind. Um, You will be fed. Who can most profit from working with with, uh, Breaking Into Brilliance, Lynn? Well, what I was saying before was people that are, you know, they're not... They're not doing what they really want to do. That's one thing. The young people seem to gravitate towards it a lot. Um, there is a trailer at breakingintobrilliance.com. It's on um, the website. It's, it's on, on my website, website and yours. People can just see a minute trailer and get a sense of what the book is. And people who are in discovery, people who are between lives, so to speak, you know, they're in recovery, they are divorcing, I think that people that are searching, people who are seekers, who have been doing work on themselves, but want something that will stimulate them in a way that's different. Because people go to therapy, people are meditating, that's wonderful. And there's all sorts of physical kind of like bioenergetics and Feldenkrais and yoga. But this has kind of multisensorial way, and it's very personal. 
and it's I'm told it's poetic, which makes me happy to hear that it's well written and it's my journey paid forward. So you can see that yes, to go into yourself in a way that makes you look at things might be different and might be not how you grew up to look at yourself and might not be something your family or your community ever thought you should do, you know, suck it up (sighs) and just take care of your life. But when you start investigating yourself... I'm so happy to hear you say that because one of the things I just, I, I harp on is... What do you believe that nobody told you you had to? Have you have you thought your own beliefs through? Right, do you know why? Right, right, right. And people, people still, and I, that's why I say we're one of the last generations to have a foot in both worlds and this new realities, you know, the new sense of who we can be. You can create yourself. We are in an and a, a leap. We're in an evolutionary leap at the moment. Yes. 2012 was not just like the end of the world. That was the date that the Mayans picked that said we are the end of the world as we know it. And then what is going to be? So we are being, we're, it's being downloaded to us. The universe has make, is making a change right now with us. And there is this incredible amount of energy for us to transform. So to investigate as a part of that transformation, you will have that, that energy behind you. Anyone who wants to make a big difference now has a lot of energy behind that understanding. Yes. What and do you think? It- we are in an extraordinary time to be alive. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. What do you think gets in the way the most of people discovering and developing their brilliance? You know, I think that with the young people that I work with, who they love going right to the book because it's very new for them, and their ability to even to look at their fear is easier because they're young, you know. I didn't grow up being taught to do these things, right? I oh, had to, me either. I had to all find out this shift that had to happen in us. So the young people have an easier ability to look at the fear. And I think it is the fear that holds people back, the fear of change, the fear of being different. When I began to have my voice, in a real way, you know, when it was, when I was, when I brought my own voice forward, for instance, and I began to study diction and make, make the clarity of language even more understood, understood to my own brain and my own sensibility. People in my family was like, well, what is this? You know, what is this? You know, they were very pulled back because it meant I was leaving. Yes. I was leaving them. Well, maybe that is true, but it was more important that I be myself than fit in. Because I never fit in anyway. It seems like I fit in for a while when I was young, but I was also adopted by one parent. I had this voice. I was different. And people got that. And I did fit in a little bit, but not really. When I went to California, I fit in. There I found my watermark, and I encourage people to find their watermark, where they really 
are supposed to be and with whom they're supposed to be and with whom they're supposed to be in themselves because you can't feel satisfied unless you have that. There's no, no you, way you simply you can cannot. And, and there's nothing wrong with being different. And I, you oh, know, there are, I know a lot of people who feel that they've never fit in, that they never belonged in the status quo. We're taught to accept the status quo. We're taught to follow what the media tells us these days. Right. <laughs> and some of us just don't do that. Yeah. No, and not only that, but you will fit in with, with the people you're supposed to be fitting in with. Yes. You, you can always find your people. But with your, if the fear of who you are, the fear of, of discovering something in yourself that might be not wanting, you to, not wanting to look at, or the fear that you will be leaving wherever you are, I think that's the biggest fears that people find, that they just, and they're just the fear of, of, of looking, the fear of, of truly looking at themselves in a new way is very hard for a lot of people, but it is so worth it because they're going to discover gold. I was just going to say, when you do that, you don't find things that are wrong with you or awful as a rule. You find things that are wonderful that you never knew were there. Exactly. And you might find things that you have to deal with, that you have to leave, that might that you might think are awful to yourself, but it might just be a way of just walking, you know, in a, in, a new, in a new way and going over to the gold and just saying, well, whoever you were or whatever, the, whatever, whatever that was, I don't need that anymore. I'm just going over here to where I belong. And it's an extraordinary moment to feel your own. Like when somebody said to me, your book is poetic, I was like, Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I know a lot of poets. My my book isn't poetic. And they're going, yes, your book is poetic. Yeah, it is and poetic. And that was really a moment for me of kind of an extraordinary acceptance of a piece of myself that I was never quite owning. And it was... And an now I have to ask you, what's next, Glenn? What's the next wonderful thing on your plate well i think the next wonderful thing on my plate is that this has got to go into the world you know i'm here to to put this into the world and i want her to go out it's a her i want her to go out just like a beautiful woman to the world you know so and to help and to just bring this out to the world and i think that my next piece is about doing presentations because I've always been teaching in a class and teaching one-to-one um, and I now want to be with bigger groups and have more kind of an interactive kind of teaching and and what will I do with artwork? I'm not sure. Oh, well, yes, I have started something. I did begin writing a um, children's book for adults. Called the oh, Reluctant, I love it. Called The Reluctant Butterfly. <laughs> so I think I probably will do more writing, and I would love to do more of that kind of writing of children's books or children's books for adults, but I'm not sure yet. I'm just 
not, I don't know. I'll keep photographing, I bet, and um, I'm not sure where it all will go, except that I know it needs to be into the world now, because it just, my pre-launch was in November, 11-11, so now we're just launching. There's a wonderful woman that I knew named Corey Ten Boom, who went through the Holocaust, she was this lovely being, and she said, you don't need the ticket until it's time to get on the train. <laughs> so you, you don't have your ticket yet, but the train is coming in. No, I've got the <laughs> ticket. The ticket is the book's got to be in the world now. That's oh, the, the book definitely has you to know? be in the world. And what I do, my next, my next piece, I think, is going to be a continuation of this. That has not been shown, absolutely. And maybe it means that I need a video of the whole book. I don't know what it means. You know, there's a lot lot that can be done. Maybe it's another journey that I need to put out in some way. I am not sure, but you're right. The student is ready, the teacher will appear. I'll get the ticket (laughs) when I know exactly where it is. Lynn, we're right up against the end of the show. And I really hate to say that. It's been such a wonderful experience today. But what's the thought you want to leave with our listeners today? Create the life you want, no matter what it takes. Go that distance. Go that distance. Because when you jump off the cliff, the universe is there to meet you. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. On that thought, we're going to have to say thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I, I hate to say goodbye, but it's time to do that. Uh, you're always welcome to come back. Keep me posted of the new things that you do, and we'll have you back here in a heartbeat as long as I'm broadcasting. So, you know, I just, it's, it's been a lovely experience all the way around. It's been a lovely experience for me, too, and I would love to come back. Thank you so much for the invitation. You are so welcome. And so breaking it's time into brilliance. <laughs> breaking into brilliance. I, I would like to invite all of you listening and listening, no matter when you download this show to listen to it, isn't it your time to, to break into brilliance? I would say absolutely. And so this is Irene Conlon with my guest, Lynn Singer, saying thank you so very much for being with us today and come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.